Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. And we are live. Welcome along. Welcome back. And great to have my guest here today, Renee Clark from Thames. Thank you for joining me, Renee. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. It's great to uh, great to catch up again. Um, let me rattle off some of the things that I've found out about you and see, <laughs> see if this is all accurate, Renee, and you can correct me. Um, so you're a PT and Pilates instructor in, in Thames, as I said, um, a women's health coach, a, a holistic movement coach. Um, now there's some interesting facts here. So this, you know, you'll have to tell me whether this is right or not. So the world's first visually impaired Pilates instructor back in 2012. Yeah, that was specifically for stop Pilates. But okay. as far as we know, that would have been pretty much any Pilates, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah, say that I guess <laughs> it's it, it was pretty I, I think it made it into the papers somewhere yeah definitely in New Zealand yeah yeah Imagine. world famous <laughs> world famous in New Zealand um, but a world first nonetheless um, so yeah. I guess um, a, a great claim for you but also um, I guess at Stop Pilates were we're enjoying that uh, that fame as well mm. um, there's um and then there's probably there's a couple of bits that we can probably go into as we go. But um, the other thing was that you've been a speaker at the the Women's Health and Fitness Summit in Melbourne a few years ago, which is um, quite quite an, I imagine quite a nice thing to be asked to to do. Tell me, sorry, go on in. You can yeah, you were going to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah, that was a real honour. It was in mm. the ceremony. Um, and generally they have like a keynote speaker and Mish, the organizer, yep. asked if, if I could do it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, really good mentoring for putting a, a talk or speech together um, mm. and lots of practice. Yeah, yeah. It went really yep. well. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw a bit of the, a, a, a clip of the video. And talking about clips, I saw another one recently, which was um, which was on TV. It was was it the Good Sorts? Is that right? At the um, yeah. the end of um, Seven Sharp, I think. Um, was it the no. Sunday TV One News? Ah, it's TV One News. Got you. Yeah. Um, again, world famous in in New Zealand in Thames. Thank you. <laughs> how how did that come about? Apparently, one of my clients nominated me like two years ago. Um, fortunately, she's still a client and she was still <laughs> extremely excited that I was finally accepted. Brilliant. Um, so Hayden Jones came to Thames and yeah. spent about two hours interviewing me and clients. And yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. He made yeah. it so relaxed and right. enjoyable. Right. Fantastic. Oh, it's nice. Very nice to be nominated. Yeah. So I guess going back to some of the things, did, was it, did it start with Pilates for you or, or personal training? What, what was the sort of entry? First, but very, very quickly moved into Pilates and partly right. because there was a huge gap in the market in Pilates and Thames. Okay. Um, and because that was what I was really passionate about passionate about and what had really helped my rehabilitation mm, mm. Um, at that time 
Okay. Yep. He wanted to share that passion, I guess. Makes it makes yeah, a lot and, of sense. And learn learn how to teach it, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I noticed that um, on one of the videos I caught, I mean, you've got a, a ton of videos on your Facebook page. It's a great way of being able to communicate with your audience because someone's obviously holding the camera for you and you're um, obviously displaying what you've got on offer in your studio. But, um, you know, it's you talking to the camera and explaining your services and the things that you do and your points of difference. And um, yeah, it's a really great way to communicate um, what you do and how you do it to to your audience. So I noticed you've been prolific with the amount of videos you've put out there. You're you're dwarfing the number of that I've done by uh, by ten. I'm I think. Oh, for real? Um, yeah. Yeah, and they they were probably done a couple of years ago, so they probably, okay. probably need a little updating as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you had a, a gravity machine in your in your studio. Um, and um, obviously, that's a, a component of the, the training that you do is it was interesting watching the video. Um, and I can't remember the lady's name who 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 trained you, who was the master trainer, but um, she was concerned when she knew that you were, were going to become a, a practitioner with the, the gravity machine. Um, and you know her concerns were were put to rest very quickly when she saw you operating and and noticed how you use your touch as probably your most powerful tool to help clients get the most out of what they're doing. Yeah, I I think so. Touch and in auditory. I mean, yeah, by listening to the uh, even their breathing patterns or uh, mm. how they're moving. Mm especially as you get to know someone like I can hear someone walking and pretty much know who it is which is quite <laughs> freaky but then I'm like well you can just look at me and know who I am so what yeah what's the difference really yeah but yeah okay. so you're moving listening to their to if they can talk well or breathing patterns um yeah. as well as touch I guess my hands are always scanning appropriately mm. of course, but, um, of course. Yeah. Which would you say, because um, my understanding is that if, if there's a sense that we've lost or are missing, generally the brain will upregulate another sense or other senses. Was that a fair statement? Um, I believe so. And I've never mm. figured out whether that's just because you use that sense more so it becomes mm. more attuned or sure. whether it is actually more stronger in your brain i'm not sure yeah yeah um, interesting because my sight has deteriorated more over the last year and the sense that has taken over is my sense of smell oh really for better or for worse sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but i've found that quite intriguing because it's like oh well i can such a strong sense of smell right the lately and it's like yeah. i can define so many different things just by smelling okay Oh, interesting smell is certainly a very evocative sense isn't it It can take you straight back to a place so quickly yeah um you know memories from you know decades ago childhood that sort of thing just from a simple smell um and the recognition of things from from smell which yeah it's just become so much more refined over the last right month, right which wasn't really what i was expecting <laughs> has that been of any use to you um yeah i think it has yeah um, yeah for sure actually mm, mm. 
And so going back to uh, auditory and, and touch, it sounds like those are your two key ones. Is there a dominant one in those two between auditory and touch? I would say touch for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that comes from a lifetime of reading Braille and uh, yeah. exploring my world with my hands. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same video, um, uh, there was some there were some clips of this this lady who talked to you, the the gravity machine um, with you in the background with her clients on the machine and you were standing behind her and you were you were in touch with her shoulders and you could feel when she was rotating as she was going up the slide and um, it was clear you know that that um, as she explained that you know her concerns were unfounded once you were on the job doing the doing the doing so there was a clip of you on the machine and there was a clip of a client on the machine and you standing there sort of supervising and making sure she was doing what she needed to do correctly. So that looked like the touch thing was, was all going, um, you know, full bore. And, and that was, that was how you, you managed your day to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. To a, yes. Yes. I would mm. agree. With that. Mm, mm. Yeah. So in terms of, um, so how your week breaks down, Renee, what, what does it look like? Give me a sort of a, a typical week if there is one you know in terms of you know the mixture of things that you do and and so oh goodness um i know it's kind of changed recently i tend to mm. be doing quite a lot more hands-on work with um obviously when a client comes into my studio most people have some sort of visual assessment of yes how are they moving today etc cetera, etc cetera. so i do mm. that with my hands um, yep. and each client has their own thing that we that we check kind of like a meaningful movement. yes yep um so we do that and more and more i seem to be doing a lot more i don't know like either release work or visceral manipulation work or yeah or activation work and yeah that seems to be taking up more and more of my week actually okay okay um, which is fantastic because i love putting all the pieces together and then going ah now look how you or feel how you're moving or look how you're moving or, right right um, so those those techniques are seem to be um ones that you're using more regularly now in terms of uh, those they're all very hands-on techniques i guess aren't they yeah i guess yeah. that's right into what feels most natural mm. for me as well mm-hmm and, and do you think those sorts of clients have sort of um, gravitated towards you? Do you, do you think uh, because of because of liking those skills, being good at those skills, that's that's where those clients have come from? Is it has it sort of gone that way around? I think so. Um, I've, I've thought about that a bit and thought like not anybody would generally walk into a studio with a sight and pen instructor and want to be their client. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, some yeah, would. And I can understand that. It's completely yep. normal. Mm. Um, so I believe the clients that do come to me are aware of my sight condition and mm. are okay about how I work and actually benefit from my, how I work because of their personality preferences and yeah, and body types and all that stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. And um, and how about Pilates? If we go back to Pilates for a minute, where where was the joy? Because obviously you said that's something you're passionate about. 
where did that come from? Yeah, so when before as a personal trainer, Pilates instructor, whatever you want to call me, mm. <laughs> um, I was really unwell as a teenager and young adult. So okay. before I got into health and fitness, I came from a place where I couldn't actually walk without falling over. I was that Crikey. I guess you could say. Okay. Um, so Pilates is what, as well as nutrition and other health care, mm. what built my body back to being able to stand and walk and cycle and do all the things that I needed to do. So I guess that's where the passion for Pilates came. Right. Because yes. of the benefit it had had for me. Yeah, yeah. So did you have sort of a, did you have an instructor that you worked with initially that sort of inspired you? Obviously you did the stop training. Did you also have someone that sort of took you through classes and you learned to be a, a participant first of all? Yes, for about three years. And then, yep. and then that person left Thames, which was ah. the gap. And I was already a personal trainer by that stage. So right. Okay, why not take the next step and ah, fill that gap? excellent yeah good good so um you you work predominantly with women is that right so you you there are men in your in your business i guess but yeah. specifically you're a, a women's health coach and um and you're are you also studying um in that area particularly right? yes yeah, so i'm a certified women's health coach now yes. um and yeah. i've kind of specialized in helping women but anyone in general with mm. their relationship with food um, body image and also regulating hormones whether that's female hormones or thyroid hormones or stress hormones or whatever because they're all linked together anyway of course yeah um yeah so that's kind of where i've specialized in mm. the self coaching mm. aspect and that's something you particularly enjoy as well in terms as as much as the pilates just that that scientific nitty-gritty stuff absolutely because then yeah. i can i'm also a functional nutrition lifestyle practitioner so i can bring yep. in that aspect of it as well as the coaching side of it and the scientific physiology of how the body works and mm. how this the mind and the body connect together and and in some ways that kind of connects to Pilates as well because it's a mind-body movement, but this is yeah. just a mind-body therapy of a different sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that that stuff is um, it's quite scientific and it's, um, it's stuff that takes time to shift in the body. Um, it, it, do you find that, that, that is, is a, it's a long-term journey with, with clients? It's something that they, they need to sort of chip away at over, you know, 6, 12, 18 months Absolutely. And there's always many layers to it. I mean, you can go the superficial layers and it just depends mm. how far the client is ready to go or wants to go as opposed mm. to how deep you want to go. Mm. And sometimes it even takes a little while to find the, I'm going to say the door in, like for some people yeah. working on, I'm going to say cognitive aspects of mm. Of coaching is really helpful but then other people can like have tug of war in their brain and get nowhere forever yeah so you have to find another way of how can we make them feel or connect to their to their body in a way that they have are able to so that we can then coach and guide them to a better lifestyle and health 
Yeah, yeah. It sounds challenging. <laughs> it's it is, and it's so rewarding when you when you get there as well. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess there's a large nutrition component to some of that coaching in terms of uh, lifestyle and the the interventions that that clients may need yeah usually and people find usually doing the nutrition stuff the easiest i would say Mm. in in terms of easiest to grasp yeah like it's oh what can i eat or what can i not eat or what can i take that will make this better for me whereas usually that's not the answer but at least that gives them something tangible to work Mm. on while Mm. we dig a little deeper if they are willing to Mm. okay yeah and i guess then are there are the other things more lifestyle type interventions or is it is it deeper than that um i would say probably yes there is lifestyle because obviously sleep and stress and um, blood chemistry and all that comes into it Mm. also deeper than that like um a lot of people especially with food body relationship issues Mm disassociate from their body and their feelings and sensations of their body and don't recognize hunger and fullness and have emotional eating and all that sort of stuff so all that thing needs to be considered if Mm. if we're looking at improving their overall overall health and ability to interact with food in a healthy way yeah 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 Mm. Uh, it's fascinating subject um, one of the things that I found was that there are three different types of Alzheimer's um, and there's, there's, there's a link to brain health, obviously. Um, I wasn't even aware of that, but this was something I tripped over while, while researching you, Renee. So can you tell us more about that? I, I'm not very up on the play with, with Alzheimer's, but um, it, if, was that something related to... Was that a post you did or a blog? Or? I think I did do an article or a post on that a while ago. And okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm definitely no expert in Alzheimer's. Right. But, um, I mean, there's hundreds of different cognitive, cognitive mm. decline considerations. Yeah. Um, and some people consider that some of that can be related to uncontrolled diabetes and dysglycemia sorry okay. my words today but that's okay um but the brain does fascinate me an incredible amount and yeah um i'm doing more and more research into the brain just because yeah it's incredibly fascinating for me absolutely yeah. so these these different i've just turned the volume up because it's throwing it down with rain outside i don't know whether you're getting the same um, weather in terms windy here but not the range so, at the moment apologies for the varying levels here it's uh we're just a, adapting to the uh, conditions we're in um so, so yeah so so where have you um where have you done that Risa? what where do you dig when you're interested in a particular topic and subject um usually i reach out to the mentors that I trust and know are credible and scientific based and go, Mm. I'm really interested in this topic. Do you have any recommendations Mm. of of resources or uh, of all learning opportunities I can have in that area? Probably that type of thing. So it kind of just depends. 
Mm-hmm. And they're, they're good conduits, are they? They're able to feed the, the right information to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's explore that a little bit more. So you talked about mentors. Who, who have been your uh, mentors over the years or current and past? Oh, well, Dave Liao has been a mentor since, I'd say, 2010. He's okay. incredible. And, yeah, he pretty much helped me build my business from mm. three clients up until probably what I've got now, which is about mm. 60-ish. Right. Am I counted? Um, and then, yeah, over the last five or six years I've kind of expanded to probably the more probably the more women's health mentor mm, mm. and saying that Ken Baldwin um, from mm-hmm. Before AU was was a early on mentor as well oh, okay yes um, people like Mish Bright who was the yeah. women's um, summit organiser yeah um, but also, I studied at the Integrative Women's Health Institute to become a women's health coach. So Jessica Drummond, okay, um, well, Dr. Jessica Drummond was mm. a big mentor for me. Mm. Um, those are the ones that kind of spring to mind. Yeah, yeah. Right okay. now. Yeah. And are those ladies based in Australia? Um. Mish is, um, Dr. Jessica Drummond is America. Okay. Another one would be probably, and maybe not so much, but Dr. Emily Splickle, so she's a functional podiatrist. Ah, okay. So she does a lot of the barefoot training, which I'm also really into feet and brains. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you like working both ends of the body. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> interesting okay that's a, that's a fair list i guess that's something that our you know, listeners can uh, they can go and do their own homework now they can press pause and go and find those people if that's something that they're, that they're interested in because you know it's a, it's a it's a big subject and um you know to pick your your spot in in that that subject area is is you know just a a market within a market isn't it because it's 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 so considerably large Mm. um and and important i guess as well because uh they are the mothers of our children and uh you know they they look after everybody um so going back to um so going back to pt so it started with pt didn't it so it actually came before pilates it did so when and what what inspired you to to start that journey just just getting into the exercise industry well, again, it came from being so incredibly unwell. And I had this yeah. amazing psychologist who pretty much um, worked with me just to build a life, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I didn't even know what a personal trainer was. <laughs> but why don't you become a PT? Right. So I even went and researched who I could study with um, long yeah. distance as well, because obviously I couldn't move to Auckland at that point and study full-time or anything so she yeah helped me research it and helped me apply and yeah i am um, trained with netfit who was mm. currently in browns bay at the time uh-huh okay i don't even are they they used to be in ellerslie now i don't know mm. Mm. okay 
and um and that 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 was something you didn't know much about but obviously it sparked an interest because you you pursued it and and completed it Hmm. was it something that grew on you as you were studying or was it something you you kind of got to the end of and went "Mm, maybe (laughs) no it definitely sparked my interest um just because I was fascinated with the human body um and definitely how it could regenerate itself and rebuild Mm. itself Mm. um I think I was quite confused about the exercise portion of it because that was all so new to me I'd never been to a gym before then and and anything like that um so I think I was floundering a lot and I probably floundered a lot for two or three years before I met Dave yeah who put me on the right track and (laughs) yeah and so where did you cross paths with Dave um I think it was at at FedEx I think it was a pre-conference event it wasn't called FedEx then uh pre pre FedEx days right yeah Yeah. okay and he was doing a workshop with Ian O'Dwyer oh yeah yeah so, yeah, he kindly did planks on the floor, <laughs> patting a balloon to me and back. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I met him. So yeah. he told me about what he was doing and that he coached people to um, improve in their businesses, which yeah. is what he was doing at the time. So. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And um, and that's been a quite a long long path hasn't it still still going with holistic movement coach and and on that program and i guess that that ongoing journey is probably a big part of of your success is 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 having that ongoing education it sounds like you've you've dipped into all sorts of different areas on along the way not just um what dave's providing dave Dave provides a whole as you are aware a vast array of information on very various topics as well which i guess sparks my interest in oh i'd like to know more about that so absolutely i go and explore more about that yeah that's right he does and then you're right it's it's not just about movement is it it's uh it's the whole body um and that visceral manipulation is something that we've more recently looked at which it sounds like it's a, a decent part of the stuff that you do and do you find as though you have have some good wins with clients with with visceral manipulation Again, because I only did level one in February, yeah. um, still very new to me, but sure. it's a very hands-on technique, mm, a mm. very refined touch technique, I'm going to say. <laughs> but then you also have a really huge physiology depth to it, which I absolutely mm. love. So it's kind of like, it's almost like I've found what really suits me Yeah. in terms yeah. of movement and hands-on work. Yeah, that's great um what some advice from from you Renee you know you've you've been doing this some time now I guess there's lots of pearls of wisdom that you've you've kind of picked up along the way and that's what this this is all about is kind of sharing these pearls with everybody that that chooses to listen what what would you say have been some of the key things that have been um either people or you know experiences or education that have been um important to you and your success what would you say that people may want to think or consider doing themselves i think i've tried a lot of things and some have gone really well and some haven't worked so well for me Um, Mm. 
if I was to, I think it's about finding what really works for you. And I just didn't know when I entered the fitness industry and that's why yeah. I tried so many things. Yeah. Um, but I guess learning yourself and what you're really passionate about before you go out and try everything is probably yeah. a good way to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. That would be my thoughts on that. Like it. That answers your question. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I think getting clear on that in your own mind before you start or as you're starting is, you know, there's that, there's that bit of business preparation, that time to reflect and that time to sort of uh, consolidate is, is a really important step before jumping in. And, and as you say, there's things we do along the way. I was talking to um, Abby Dutton, who's based in Hamilton yesterday, and she was telling me all about um, the things she's done and the things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And, and it really is a, an evolution, but she knew the things that were important. You know, she's got a dance-based PT business, mm. um, but there were things that she tried along the way that worked and things that didn't work. And um, she still held to her, her core element of the business, but the things that worked stayed and the things that didn't work went out the window and on she went. Yeah. And I, all I, Always, you can learn something for the thing from the things that didn't work. There's yeah. a tiny aspect of it you can take on board, even if it's not everything. Yeah, absolutely. There is no failure, just learning, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they say. Um, that's great. I, I like that, Renee. Thank you. Um, are there any other any other gems you can possibly think of? Because um, I'm sure you've got hundreds tucked away. Hundreds. But, um, <laughs> We're talking about failure because that's been yep. one of my biggest struggles is either fear of failure or picking myself up after failure mm. and so what i've come to realize is that you fall down like 100 a million times but you just need to get up one more time than you fall down yeah. which is great and you can say that but when you consider a toddler learning to walk they fall mm. down and get up a lot mm. like we do and as adults but the difference between toddlers and us is they don't judge themselves every time they fall over and go, I'm stupid. I just fell over again. I'm never going to be able to do this. I can never walk across that room, which is what I tend to do when I fall over. But, so <laughs> I like it. If, if, that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So fall down at times, get up nine, but don't judge yeah. yourself for it because it's all learning and we're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> absolutely that's gold that's gold thank you Renee that's awesome and you literally mean that as well don't you because um, so there are occasions where you've um, didn't you move into um, a new place and uh, you know there was a, there was a couple of stumbles while you were reorientating yourself absolutely I've, I've done it physically and um, metaphorically you can yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's good. I think the not judging yourself is is obviously the the key element there. You know, children don't don't have that ability to reflect yet. Um, you know, they just keep going until they get to that day when they take their first steps, right? And uh, we there's some good good lessons to take from that. Brilliant. Okay. Well, we're pretty much there. We've we've motored through over half an hour actually. So. Um, it's really great catching up, Renee, and good to see you. And um, thank you so much for your time. And I hope uh, I hope I haven't taken too much of your afternoon. You've got stuff to do, I'm sure. So, no, it's wonderful. been fantastic talking to you. Thank you for this opportunity. Not a problem. I'll um, I'll send this to you once uh, once it's out and about and it's all ready to go. So, thanks for your time and um, speak soon.
Okay. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.